Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else, into the Get Around Podcast, episode 193. We are again, I'm going to say this every week. Those are three odd numbers. Vastly approaching episode 200. And yes, Andrew, good job. Three odd numbers, way to go. Really? Can we get a round of applause for Andrew, recognizing that one, Golf. nine, and three are, are all odd numbers? Golf clap. Yeah. You want gold star? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, welcome into episode 193. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, alongside me, Andrew Rosenthal, really good at recognizing whether numbers are odd or even, which is a skill all of us have. James Cook, also here, uh, clacking away on the keyboard. Uh, multitasking. Multitasking uh, about our uh, guests. I'm writing questions that I'm going to be asking the guests. Okay. So... All right, well, Andrew, podcast be, related. it's going to be just me and you for a while. James is over here. You know, the great thing is cool, yeah. Yeah, we'll have the the sound of a keyboard in the back, and that'll be nice um, ambiance, I guess is the, the best way to put it. Uh, you won't even we, be able to hear it. We were, we were off last week. Uh, that was an executive decision by myself uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, well, I mean, the main reason was that the White Sox were in the playoffs, and I just wanted to be able to watch the White Sox game uh, and watch them lose, but still enjoy it no matter what. Uh, but we are back this week. I think if the White Sox were still in the playoffs and they were playing right now, we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast, or at least we'd be, we would be doing it later. You know, normally I don't cheer for the White Sox, but in which case I uh, probably would have. You got pretty upset with me when I walked in. The night that they lost to the uh, yeah, you were like oh, I was decked out, baby. I was decked out. I had my White Sox socks on. Uh, I had my White Sox hoodie on. I had my Tim Anderson Field of Dreams jersey on, and I had a White Sox hat on. So I was, like I said, yeah, decked out. Um, But my team is gone. I did really enjoy yesterday watching the Chicago Sky win the WNBA championship. That was incredible that comeback. Chance the Rapper was there. Yeah, yeah. Did you happen to see it, Andrew? Because, no, I... Like, that comeback, they were down, I think, what, 14, 15 points? And it came back. Candace more, Parker. More ambiance uh, in the back there. James's cell phone Ambi- goes ambient. off. I, uh, yeah. Ambient music. Yeah, the Chicago Sky. Awesome. You ever been to that, uh, the Winchester Arena where they play? I never have. Freaking cool. It's like it, a palace. It's like... It was be, packed. Yeah. Be, well, I just remember it was they. It was DePaul renovated that. That's where DePaul plays too. Mm-hmm. They renovate that place, and Northwestern does the same thing. So there's like two, two basically SoFi stadium quality basketball arenas in the city of Chicago. So it's like down the street from McCormick Place. Where so well, let's get right into the show. We do not have a Chicago Sky player on the podcast, which is unfortunate. It would have been fun to have uh, one of those. But we'll have to, I wouldn't say settle, because we've got four great athletes that are going to be on the show this week. we got double interviews for uh, our tennis state champions from Traverse City St. Francis and a couple of golfers as well. Um, tennis players Ben Schmoody and Tommy Pitts. Which we're just finding out that's how you pronounce his last name, despite it being spelled P-U-E-T-Z, uh, because we thought Tommy Putz, which would have been... I thought it would have been appropriate, because he's on the golf team. Right? And then I was thinking Puetz, but 
Nope. Pitts. We're going to have to ask him about that. I'm sure he knows why it's pronounced that way. We'll find out. <laughs> Apparently so also a big fan of the podcast. Awesome. I love that. Uh, and then we'll also have Grace Maitland and Ainsley Hewitt uh, on here for golf. But before we get into any of that, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, actually. We're going to go over the football helmet mayhem matches. Uh, we are now in the round of 16. And then we're going to get into some of the Week 9 football matchups, the big one, of course, being Traverse City St. Francis versus Kingsley, the two 8-0 teams. And then we have the interviews. We'll wrap it up with the Get Around Hall of Fame run through three athletes who are uh, put up worthy performances to get Athlete of the Week and get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. And then we'll end it with our trifecta, which this week is, uh, I just thought about this yesterday because I was making myself a good meal, but your, your, your favorite football Sunday dinner. So that's what we'll get into. But right now, let's go into the football helmet mayhem. Uh, we did have pretty good participation i felt like in the first round we had several matchups with close to 200 votes which was nice yeah i had friends that went to central or west and they're voting against like the opposing school so like if you went to central i know a person that went to central and they voted for they voted for lake city just because it was a anti-west vote yes i kind of figured <laughs> that was going to happen vote. yeah i, I kind of figured that was going to happen um so we had Grayling take down Manistee Catholic Central and TC West take down Frankfurt, setting up the Grayling TC West match. Uh, this is in the the top bracket. Again, for anyone who doesn't know, all of these matchups were pulled out of a hat, or I, I think like a paper bowl actually that was lying around the office. Um, in the other one, Glen Lake took out Boyne City and Cadillac took out Mesick. You've got Glen Lake versus Cadillac. Just running these down. Elk Rapids lost to Manton, and Gaylord St. Mary beat McBain. So you've got Manton versus Gaylord St. Mary. Kingsley took out Petoskey, and Mancelona beat Brethren, so Kingsley versus Mancelona. Central Lake beat Onekama, and Benzie Central took out East Jordan, so you've got Central Lake versus Benzie Central, so you've got Benzie Central Lake. Uh, and then Traverse City St. Francis beat Sutton's Bay, and Bear Lake beat Johannesburg Lewiston, so St. Francis versus Bear Lake. TC Central did manage to squeak by Lake City, although they were losing. That to was surprisingly Lake close. Yeah, uh, and then Manistee beat Kalkaska, so Central versus Manistee. But Lake City does have pretty sweet helmets. Yes, Gaylord beat Charlevoix and Bel Air beat Forest Area. So the last matchup we have is Gaylord versus Bel Air. So we want you guys to vote. That's what we're hoping for. We're going to put out the polls through the week. I think we'll probably get them all up either today into tomorrow the ones that i put up over the weekend i've got finishing thursday okay thursday night all right yeah that sounds good we only had one that stretched into like late friday evening uh, and that was the forest area bel air match and that was actually that one was pretty close Um, i think that one finished like 51 to 49 percent so this is fun i'm glad that we're doing this i did like that what was it the grayling manistee catholic central match that that was the one that both had the swords, swords. on yeah. the helmet. That was completely on accident. Uh, mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that was a later round. but Yeah, and Central Lake City, too, because it was Trojans versus Trojans. And also a very close matchup. So what's your, what's your pick for the Final Four? Man, I saw Gaylord's helmets when they played uh, was it West or Central the other week. Uh, yeah, they played West. 
I saw Gaylord's helmets when they played West the other week, and mm-hmm. they had the American flag trident. They just started that yeah. with a matchup against Petoskey. Beautiful helmet design. It could not like I. I think that could. I think it's probably one of the best helmets I've ever seen in covering high school sports. To be honest, have we you. updated the picture for we, that? We can. We have one that has the trident. They just started doing. I think it's the, kind of their alternate helmets where the trident is an American flag. Yeah, let's get that updated. And when that when that goes out, uh, use that picture. I, I think Glen Lake has a good chance of coming out of the the top bracket. One, it's a really cool helmet, and I like kind of the. It's not. It's got more of a matte finish. Oh, it is. It, it doesn't have that 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 shiny football helmet finish, and I kind of like that the the matte finishes. But their sticker reflects, like when you yes. But their sticker is more of like a shiny finish too. So that's what I like with that. I see Kingsley coming out of the bottom bracket. Uh, I probably St. Francis, and then my guess would be probably Central or or Gaylord in the bottom bracket. Mm-hmm. I could see. I mean, it depends on whether people are just voting for their school or against somebody else's school, or whether they're actually voting for what is the coolest helmet. Yeah, I think as this gets closer to the the final four matchup, we're gonna. I'm assuming we're gonna see votes hopefully build, because I'm, what I'm hoping is this is gonna get enough attention where there're gonna be people outside of the area that are gonna start voting mm-hmm. on this. So, but definitely vote now. We've got all the all the polls are gonna be on on Twitter. That just makes it easier. I think in the past we've done both Twitter and Facebook, but that just required math, and I didn't really feel like doing any of that. It was just easier to, to look at the numbers. So, yeah, make sure you go and vote. But other than that, why don't we move into the Pulse? Uh, this week's Pulse is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky, yeah. Thank you, Jimmy James Cook. Appreciate it. Okay, so the first matchups that I want to talk about, uh, the two, well, we'll talk about all three of the Traverse City teams, but we're not going to get into St. Francis versus Kingsley until the last one. So Central versus North Farmington, and West, have has that opponent been decided yet? Yeah, Detroit Catholic Central. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was supposed to be Warren De La Salle, but Warren De La Salle won their side of the Catholic League, so okay. they're going to be so, playing at Four Field. Yeah, they're going to be playing the Catholic League Championship, so... I got a chance to see Central on Friday, and they absolutely whooped. I mean, just took down Birmingham Brother Rice. There it is. I was like, oh, oh boy, my having a, a very, very senior moment right there. Which had similar uniforms to Kingsley, but it, it was so confusing. It was. Uh, I was like, I during the warm up when I went there, I saw uh, Brother Rice warming up, and they. They look exactly like Kingsley. And I was like, oh, I should go say hi to Tim Moore. And I went, wait, no, he's not here. <laughs> but Central was wearing those pink combos, too. Yes. Which uh, were pretty cool. Yeah. Look, he look, could have been there because, remember, they played on Thursday night. That is true. But I don't know if, if Tim's going to be going <laughs> to a, a Central brother race unless he's just a big football fan and, and wanted to see what we thought was going to be a good game. And it was a good game. If I, you were I had other people from Kingsley hitting me up and asking what other games were we being played on like Friday and Saturday yeah. so that they could go Yeah, because they didn't have a game that night. Well, everybody likes being under the Friday night lights. So. When uh, East Jordan's game was canceled the other week because of uh, the team they were playing went to eight-man, I saw East Jordan coach Greg Kitson at, at the Robey Field watching uh, – Gaylord play because he had a front on the coaching staff, so that was cool. Central, like I said, whooped up on Brother Rice, fifty-six to thirteen. I don't think anybody. 
thought that was going to happen. I didn't expect that no. to happen. I don't know if the players, I don't know if the coaches expected that to happen. But save for two big plays that Central gave up, Brother Rice had nothing. They gave up the 98-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown and then a 59-yard run uh, pretty much on, on back-to-back plays or, or close to it within within four plays. And that was it. Other than that, the, the defense shut down. And I think a lot of it had to do with the four interceptions that obviously stopped the Brother Rice uh, offensive possessions. It was just it was a really fun game to watch. I was so impressed by Burnham and Bordeaux. Uh, and Josh Klug w- was great, and it was just Dante Williams also. It was, like I said, th- that foursome. So th- this was your first time seeing Burnham play in person, correct? This was. What would you think? I was incredibly, I was impressed by that entire team. Even the guy that I was talking to from Brother Rice, uh, the one who was uh, doing the, recording the game film, he said to me, he's like, so that that Burnham kid's pretty good, the one going to Notre Dame. I said, yeah. And throughout the game, he just continued to talk about how good he is. And it really is, It's a, Central is a solid, solid team. And I don't think they're going to have a problem with uh, Farmington. Well, if you remember last year, it was a close game with Farmington for about the first half. You know, they, I think Farmington had a really athletic kid and, he Windhouse, I think his name was, but he went off for like 100 yards in the first half. I can look up his stats line because I covered that game. But second half, it was all central. They had no answer for their jet read. It was just another game where it was just burn them, burn them, burn them. Like the whole second half, I think, was just burn them. Yeah. Ripping I, off touchdowns. I'm going to look up his. Well, while you, while you do that, let's uh, switch over to West. I just wanted to get through these games quickly. James, you've seen West play a lot. <clears throat> this year, uh, they are going to be wanting to prove the same thing that Central pl- proved last week, which is that they can an up north football team can play with a downstate team. We saw West go up to Marquette this last week uh, and lose. Uh, I think for me, I know that Marquette gave Central a game for a little bit, uh, but Central took care of business, and I was expecting West to do the same thing. Uh, I think the the Titans is this a must win for them in Week Nine. Um, I, I think as far as playoffs, I, they still will get in if they lose this game. But I think they have to have it for mentality, for confidence, for all that. If, if, they, if they lose that game, I think they're, gonna be, they're definitely going to be going on the road in the playoffs. If they can pull this one out and win this one, then maybe they move up to the second seed in their district and get a home game, at least in the first round, because they're going to be in the same district as Rockford. I, mean, so I don't think th- you want to take a road trip to Rockford in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, as of right now, they're the third seed in that district. But I think with a win, they could vault up to two and host in the first round. Then you take a chance with Rockford in the second round. You're going to be at Rockford because they're undefeated and way ahead of everybody in, <laughs> just about in this state in playoff points. But uh, So I, I think it's a, kind of a must-win from, from that. Otherwise, they're looking at going to Grandville for the opening round of the playoffs. And historically, West has not had not fared very well going on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Any other matchups that you guys wanted to talk about in Week 9 before we get to the biggest one, probably the biggest game of the season, of course, that usually is in the, uh, in the final week of the regular season? 
Well, obviously, you have East Jordan Frankfurt. That's for the uh, Northern Michigan Football Conference legacy title. Um, East Jordan, they've had, what, two losses this year, but they were against schools bigger than them, I think? Yeah, not, and non-conference, non-divisional games in the NMFC. Frankfurt, we kind of knew they were going to be good going to, into the season. Adam Mills, he can easily be on our dream team this year, and it doesn't end with them. You know, they're one of those teams that combine their JV and varsity teams because they were short in numbers, and it's kind of worked well for them. So we'll see what we'll see what that is going to happen that that on that Friday that East Jordan Field. It's kind of another like a bowl. You know, I went to it when they played Gwen last year. You kind of it kind of like goes down underground, so that's it's a cool place to see a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back behind the high school there. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty cool little complex. It, I yeah. didn't even know where it was when I first pulled up. I didn't know, like, oh, there's a football game, and then it's tucked inside the woods and, like, underground. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, it is a pretty cool thing. I think one of the big games from the other big game from last week, to kind of back up a little bit, I think, was Cadillac beating Portland, yeah. number four team in the state. They've vaulted themselves into a number one seed, potentially, in the playoffs yeah, with, that, with, beat, with that win. Portland beat DeWitt, obviously. Yeah. And that who whooped up on TC Central. So for playoff points, that's huge for Cadillac. Yeah, there's not so, much more to say than that. <laughs> yeah, it's massive for them. Getting a number one seed, they can come out of that district. Then you're looking at maybe Hudsonville Unity. That'd be a, a, another tough game. But Cadillac was up to the task last year in those games, getting to the getting to the state championship game. Let's get into the big game then. St. Francis Kingsley, two eight and no squads. James, you've seen St. Francis play this year. I've seen Kingsley play this year. Is this going to be a close game? It sure was last year. God, I hope it is. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just like the Patriot game. You know, I was rooting for a close game, and the last few years we haven't gotten a close game. And uh, You know, neither of these teams have played a whole lot of close games this season, and they've just been... Just destroying teams, just bulldozing them. The only one that Kingsley had was the 24-20 yeah, win the, yeah, against the, Grayling, the game that I went to. Yeah, and that was, the I, other t- that was a team that gave St. Francis a game, too. Yeah. And the, and the Sioux. I think the Sioux gave both of them a little bit of a game, too. But outside of that, it's just been bulldozing. So when those two hit each other. All right, we'll so let's, let, let's go through this. I, I want to get both of you chances of a close game within a touchdown. 50-50? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because last year, outside of the fake, outside of a field goal that Kingsley really took advantage on in St. Francis, it was neck and neck the whole game. James, what has a better chance of happening? And I, this is always this. Is, it'll give one school bulletin board material or not. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'll put. Well, I'll put you on the spot. I'll, what has a better chance of happening, a St. Francis blowout or a Kingsley blowout? Uh, if it's going to be a blowout, it'll, it's probably going to be St. Francis. Yeah. Just because they can, I think they have the better ability to throw the ball. They have had game-changing plays on defense and special teams in the games that I've been at. And, you know. Now, neither King, of us are King, saying that this is going to be a blowout. No. It's neither just of if, us if you had to pick that. one. So, but, I mean, Kingsley, King, we've seen Kingsley do this for the last two, three years. They come into these games, they have, you know, 180-pound linemen everywhere and still just dominate the line of scrimmage. I mean, they beat Sault Ste. Marie, they beat Grayling, who both outweigh them on the offensive line by 30 pounds a guy, probably. They beat those teams. They're going to face the same thing with St. Francis, who's way bigger than they are on the lines. But Kingsley just gets it done. So, I mean, we'll see on Friday. Yeah. It is at Rhodes Field, which is, I think, a 
it's an advantage for Kingsley, but I expect the the Traverse City St. Francis crowd to to show out at that one. Was Kingsley riding like a thirty game regular season win streak, and the only team that has ever even come close to beating him in that stretch was St. Francis? Well, like I said, I you know we'll talk about this a little bit later when we do the Hall of Fame, uh, but. If there weren't a couple of costly penalties against Grayling away from the ball, Grayling wins that game because Grayling had two touchdowns called back on holding penalties that were away from the ball. And both of those were from David Milliken, who's going to be a nominee for the Athlete of the Week coming up. Yeah, Week 4, 2018. Last time Kingsley has lost a regular season game, and it was a blowout to St. Francis. Forty-three to eight. The I'm worried about that. The I'm only worried. Team I really don't yeah. want to see that happen. I do not want to see a blowout here. No, I want to see a good game. Okay. Well, since we're talking about St. Francis, let's get into our first student athlete interview uh, of the Traverse City St. Francis Gladiators, the state champion tennis players, Ben Schmoody, Tommy Pitts. Hopefully, it's a good conversation. <laughs> I think it will be. You know, usually when we're doing these interv- these intros, we've already talked to the athletes, and so we know what it's going to be. This time we're going we're going in blind, but I expect it to be a good interview with these two kids. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to that right now. Chachi because his dad's name is Charlie and his name is Charlie. And so at their house, it was kind of like, it was confusing having two Charlies. So they had one named Chachi so they could just tell the two apart. Okay, so it was, it's a it's a family nickname, which we kind of yeah. figured because we found out like his email address also has uh, Chachi. Chachi. Does it really? That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, his email is Chachi King at like iCloud.com or something. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. But it was one of those things that we heard his mom, like, let's go Chachi. And then it was like, oh, Chachi, like, that's cute or whatever. Yeah. And then we kind of, I mean, he's Chachi. I don't think I'd ever, I haven't called him Charlie. And yeah, I don't think I, I don't think, <laughs> remember the last years. time I called him Charlie. Yeah. It's always just Chachi. <laughs> All right, well, in the studio with us right now, state champions from Traverse City, St. Francis. Very excited to have you two guys in here. Really appreciate it. Ben Schmoody, whose name I recognize from when I was back on sports about three and a half years ago. I, I think your name was coming up when you were in eighth grade. Yeah, and, something like and that. And even before that, you were getting you were getting attention uh, while you were playing middle school. Also, here is Tommy Pitts. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for, for coming in. Tommy, as we've discussed uh, when you got in here, the pronunciation, despite the spelling of yes. your last name, is indeed yeah, Pitts. I always, I always go with the Tommy Pitts like armpits because that's one of those things that'll get someone to laugh and then they remember it. So. Yeah. That's uh, it's very different. I hear putz, poots. Puets. Puets. Yeah. My boss calls me putes. So, I mean, I, I get it all. <laughs> is he a little dyslexic? I don't the, know. I think Just it's, rearranging the letters? It might just be his way of, like, getting at me or something like that. I'm not really sure. So, I, both of you, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. How does it feel to bring the first state championship to the tennis program at TC St. Francis? Sure. So, um... It feels great because uh, actually our coach, when I was in my finals match, he told us, he's like, for 60 years, we've been doing this as a program. 800 people have played and like 60 teams have been here before. None of them have had this opportunity that you have. And it's something super special that we get. So it's just a brand new feeling. And it's just something that is like, 
it's just amazing. I don't. It's really hard to describe, but and it's cool to do it with such a nice group of people and friends. And I don't know. It's just it's just a great feeling, I guess. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'd I'd agree. It's the same thing. Like he said, with our coach, he just kept pointing at his name tag and seeing Traverse City St. Francis and all the guys who have come before us. And I know Ben was actually on the team. I was on JV freshman year, but I was with the team at States when we got second, and it was, like, mind-blowing. Like, wow, we finally beat University Leggett. We finally got some sort of a trophy. We got a finalist trophy. And from that point on, I think we all kind of knew that we had to work to hopefully bring home a finals trophy, a champion trophy. Which you brought in here. Exactly. It was kind of a bold move, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I, you guys did. I walked down Union Street with it yesterday after we after our police ex- escort, right, right back to our church, walked right down Union Street with it, so... Very nice. <laughs> nice. So I was told to ask, uh, so Ben, who's the best player in your family? Well, like my immediate family are kind of like extensive. It could, you could go either or both. Well, in my family, I'm obviously going to go with me because... I would hope so. Right, yeah, I'm going to say me. Just Even over your older brother? Oh, yeah. I, I have confidence in myself, but <laughs> no. Uh, but extensive family, I have a little cousin who's unbelievable. He's uh, ranked nationally pretty high. I think he's number one in Michigan for doubles and uh, and almost singles. He's he's amazing, but he's definitely the best. Who's uh, that? Simon Caldwell. Okay. He's he's phenomenal. I will let him be better than me. How old is he? He's 13. Oh, my God. If he yeah. played in our division, for sure he'd win one singles. He, really? Yeah, he actually goes and plays with the person who won it, Andrew Solarowitz, at one singles in our division. He's beaten him before, and uh, they're... Uh, he's got to pr- be a, a fairly... Tall or, no, or is he a small thirteen like, year old? Mm-hmm. He's he's very small. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's what school does he play for? Is he well? Here? He just no. He just moved this year to uh, Grand Rapids or Plainfield. It's right by that. And he plays at the Racket Club down there. And um, he plays with like Ozon and Andrew Slarowitz and just really household tennis names. And uh, he's kind of getting a name for himself too now, which is pretty cool. So now, Tommy, you're also the team manager. Yes, sir. And <laughs> so, how how do you balance those roles of being of playing and being the team manager and running the team's Instagram? <laughs> I don't know if I'd say team manager is. I think when people think of team manager, they think the kid who like gets in the basketball game on like the last minute of the game and like helps out the coach. But it was more of a kind of thing. So I'm also the manager for the. Well, you're, as I say, you're also the basketball manager. So yeah. when at the beginning of the season, our our head coach Dane brought up like, all right, we're going to vote two captains and one team manager, and everyone looks at me. I'm like, oh god, like here it comes. Like I'm going to be team manager. So I was, I got voted team manager, but it kind of just turned into me yelling at everyone for not picking up balls during practice and picking the uniform colors so it wasn't really I mean I wouldn't say I really have to balance that but with the Instagram that I love doing that I saw last year was it so maybe um Ann Arbor Green Hills had a really funny Instagram I was like oh this is kind of interesting so then I I started one we started at a team dinner I just made an account and it's kind of taken off from there so what are you posting on there just results that's me basically admitting that i don't follow okay um (laughs) uh just random i mean just we like to put results on but then random funny pictures and videos i think i just i took a picture ironically we were just talking about chachi but of charlie king um at the beginning of the year on our way back from our tryouts he was like completely starfished in the car like completely spread out sleeping 
And then I got a video yesterday on his way back from States from our two singles, Tristan Banani sent it to me. It was the same thing. He was completely starfished out in the car sleeping. So I just post random videos like that that are that I find funny on Love the, it. On the That's great. Don't you didn't you all do you do the same thing for the golf team too? Because I, I, I remember a couple of meets where you emailed us the results like, oh yeah, players actually emailed yeah, us. Yeah, no well my my golf coach I'd just be in the car and I'd have nothing to do. He's like, Do you want to email the results? I was like, sure. So I just I mean that was that was easy enough. That was tennis numbers are that's got to be brutal for you guys to put into the paper and stuff. I and mean, you got all not as bad as cross country. Okay, that, that I was gonna say that, track. Yeah, yep, those not nearly are, as bad as those two. Yeah, so. but golf is easy. Those are hopefully two digit numbers. Hopefully we're not leaking into the three hundred or in the three digits. But but so yeah, how you, you hope we do? Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> the three of us do for our sanity. Yes. <laughs> so how weird of state finals was this? Oh, it was, I mean. It, we, last year was weird too, but this year was unbelievable. I didn't even play a match on Friday, which is, I mean, we had a little bit of a pep talk on the way there, and it was just keep your body right, keep your mind right, because it's going to be a really weird day. You're going to have to st- stay mentally prepared to go out there and play at your highest level because you're in a state championship. But So, Ben, how did you do that? How did you stay mentally and physically prepared? So... Um, I'd been there a couple times before, and uh, I kind of have my own way of doing it. And I, I just, I put set my mind on the goal that I'm going to be in the finals and I'm gonna be there, and I just need to focus on that. But it's each match at a time, so I gotta take each match, even if it's someone that I've beaten O and O before. I gotta play it like it's my last one because it potentially could be your last one. And I know my partner Cody, he does the same thing, and um, we both go in there with a different attitude than we do all season it kind of it gets us fired up too and i mean we do stuff during states that we wouldn't regularly do during the season just so we are like fired up and ready to be there and i mean the weather didn't help us at all because um we were inside and like we played our match at like eight o'clock at night and uh, it's hard to keep the same intensity at such a high level for so long but honestly i think we did a great job of that uh at the states but it was definitely odd states this year how late were you guys playing on Friday night? So on Friday night, I think it went to 11. Gee, and then so. that's when they kicked us out. But then on Saturday night, I think, what time to go to? Like uh, 11.45. 11.45. Yeah, we got back to the hotel pretty late, and we were all pretty tired after that one. You guys started at 8.30 in the morning, though, right? We did, yeah. There was like a three-hour delay at the beginning or something, though, right? Yeah, it, there was. And Another on, delay uh, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. And on a Friday, they that's, had... Um, that's why we barely got anything in on Sunday. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and on Friday, we had a three-hour delay because the Michigan tennis team kicked us out of their facility so they could practice for three hours. Well, that seems more important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially, to, especially just to use two courts. Not going to take any shots at the MHSA, but their plan B wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> James, throw out another uh, goofy question. Oh, okay. Uh, I was told to ask, what is the most overused overused word among the players on the team? Oh, gosh. oh do I need to bleep and this I, one and out? I, and I was given no. what, and I was given what the probable answer is. Bot. No, that wasn't the one that. What do you think? I was told, it's but bot. Don't you think? Apparently, it isn't. Oh, there's a lot, but what to say? Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's not a curse word. <laughs> No, no, I'm reading this. It looks like like bot sweaty. from like a, like a Twitch stream oh, bot. A sweaty, oh sweat, yeah, 
That one, yeah. We all use that term a lot. It just kind of means like a good player. Like if I'm like Tommy's pretty sweaty at four doubles, he's. I'm saying he's kind of good at it, but I, he has like sweaty pits. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I, well done, a good James. context would be Ben is sweaty. I am not. Kind of thing. Like, oh, that was a sweaty shot. Like Ben had a really good shot, and I'm just four doubles, so I'm not sweaty. I'm just. I'm the little one on the team. <laughs> Can you tell us like how a match works with you guys? You know. Four doubles, one doubles. You know how, like, top to bottom. Like, how do you? Because I know, didn't you? Did you? Didn't you win the four doubles championship? I did not. I lost in the semifinals, unfortunately. But Ben, wow, won bring the, that up, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just salt in the wound. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I was telling Ben. I think I cared about that for thirty seconds, and I was like, all right, well, we're gonna win a team state championship that or a team state championship. So that's gotta count for a little bit more than an individual. In my mind, I, I think our strongest flight was our one doubles, which was me and my partner, Cody. And um, basically, from the one singles, four doubles, we're all fairly strong. We're all great players. I think that was the best part about our team this year. We were so we had so much depth that we were able to compete at every single flight. But, I mean, all our, we didn't have, like, a weak flight this year, which was something we've never really had, I wouldn't think. Yeah, most years we've had pretty some weak flights in our we've had a couple holes in the lineup but this year it all just kind of worked in perfectly and i don't think there was like one flight that was like way above the other and then one way worse than the other i guess then you seem pretty honest with your answers not tommy i'm not saying that you're you're not with yours but we've (laughs) asked you questions about who's the best and you said yeah me (laughs) um and so i'm curious to know going into that did you think that a state championship was a foregone conclusion? And you can be honest now, since it's over, Tommy's shaking his head yes, or nodding his head yes, so that's good. Like, team or individually? Team. Team. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> um, individually, I thought for sure they would have it, but team, I didn't think so. Yeah, so for the team, this year, kind of beginning of the year, I kind of kept in the back of my head, I was like, we're winning it this year. I kind of yeah. thought we were, because, I mean, a couple flights, like, or I mean, couple schools like uh, Green Hills, they went up a division, and um, they were really they ruled D four for a long time. They had great tennis program, but um, they went up. Allegan came back down, and I was like, oh wow, this is really a reality. We can definitely win it this year. And our team was just so, like I said, had so much depth that we were able to accumulate so many points against even big schools. Like we beat Rockford five three. And they were number five in D1. And that's saying something about our team, like the depth that we can compete at. But, no, I definitely think that even since the beginning of the year, uh, state championship was definitely around the corner. Do you think that St. Francis is now looked at by other programs the way that you guys used to look at other kind of dominant programs? Oh, for sure, especially around D4. Like um, when you could tell when we walked into states, everyone was kind of looking at us like they knew we were the – team to beat the best seed like i think i actually told tommy i was Mm -hmm. like we were walking in the facility and i could see people looking and whispering and pointing fingers at us and it was like they definitely know who we are they definitely know how good we are and that was it was kind of a cool feeling to realize how much they respected us and it was just it was a good feeling i guess Usually when that happens, when I walk into a room, I assume the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, am I dragging toilet paper (laughs) or something? (laughs) Um, What was your guys' favorite road trip this year? You made a ton of roads, or it could be last year even. You guys made a lot of road trips. You went downstate a lot. I think my favorite road trip for the tennis was probably we went down to Okemos, and we played Okemos. And um, 
since I was on the varsity team for so long, Okemos was one of those schools that always kind of like swept our program. Like they would just win out all flights, and they would just beat everyone like really bad, like oh and oh, like two and oh. And um, me and my partner went down there, and we beat them. We were the only team on the or only flight on the team to beat them, and it was. That was just an amazing, like, that was almost better than the state title for me, or for winning it individually, because that just meant so much to me. It was kind of like we made it, we were, and uh, we beat them, but that was probably my favorite tennis-wise. Mm. Yeah, I don't, they all kind of mash together. I mean, what do we play, like, 70% of our matches before school even starts, but August for us is definitely a grind. I mean, we're taking road trips all over the place, I think. My favorite one was probably our road trip down to Gross Point for the Liggett Quad because it was kind of our it was the last August one, so it was our last one where we didn't have to think about going to school the next day. Uh, I was just kind of, I mean, it was and it was. I mean, we beat Liggett seven one, and the only match we lost, we didn't even play because we uh, our one singles, his arm was hurting. So, I mean, to go down there and really dominate them that way was definitely a good feeling, and then dominated them again at states, which worked out well for us. Yeah, I was gonna say after Liggett. The, the Leggett match where you faced the team that won state last year, did you kind of have a good feeling like, okay, this could be the year? Yeah, I mean, I remember when they showed up last year, and they've got they've got their little things. Like, you know, the one guy will say, let's go Knights, and the whole team screams it, and these small things that kind of get on your nerves. But I'd say we were definitely – it was a sweet feeling to get them 7-1, and then when we knew that we were capable of doing it, you know, to go down there and do it on the big stage in Ann Arbor was – an even better feeling and we know Liggett always this happens every year we usually beat them in their quad and then they show up at states a completely different team and you know I told a lot of the younger guys and I'm like I've seen this the last three years this happens every time like they're going to be a much better team than you expect like be mentally prepared for that don't think that you're going to get the same team you saw in August speaking of the younger guys what does the future of the St. Francis tennis program look like uh I'll take this one I think it's pretty good i played with ben's brother eli who's a freshman so you had a senior and a freshman playing together um but i mean our whole singles lineup was well it was three three sophomores and a freshman um and then we got younger guys at doubles so i think it's it's definitely looking great and after i lost at four in the semis at four doubles i you know kind of told eli i'm like here's a little bit of advice from a senior i'm like don't forget this feeling like you're this you're gonna use this to drive you in the off season every year and hopefully you can do what Ben did and win three more individual state championships after so I mean I think every one of them is gonna be on the courts Monday Monday afternoon after school so I guess that'd be today so right now yeah <laughs> but I think they'll be there and I mean everyone wants to continue this like level of excellency when you guys are on the road what are your uh, what are your go-to hijinks well, he's in the I, he's in the good car. I'll let he, I ride in a car with uh, a lot of the one and the two doubles. And we're all seniors, and we have uh, our assistant coach, Coach Brett Richards, and he's an amazing uh, guy. I loved being with him this year. Some things we would do in the car. Um, well, <laughs> we uh, well he would play his uh, song playlist that had a bunch of like kind of pop music, like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, and we'd all like. <laughs> jam out to that for a little bit and um i don't know we just kind of did some stupid things in the cars like 
almost like stuff four-year-olds would do. But see, this is James trying to get you guys in trouble. That's yeah. That, yeah. His question is always like, Let's say something that might get you in trouble. That would, right. That would be good. I feel like the best answer to that was the Bel Air girls basketball team and how they would, whenever they go on road trips and they're at a hotel, they try to see how many uh, things of orange juice they can take back to their their room. Oh boy. <laughs> From, the- <laughs> From the continental breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember our basketball, the basketball team, whenever we were at away games, would always uh, go check out the school's auditorium. It was like our thing. We'd want to go inspect the auditorium. And where were we? Um, was it, it wasn't Manton. It was... Um, Do you guys go on the stage? Yeah. Um, it was one of the M schools. I can't remember now. Be sick. Mancelona. Manistee. Maybe it wasn't even one of the M schools. Marquette. No, I can't remember. No. <laughs> but just go out, check out their state, like their auditorium and stage. I think every team kind of has something like that. All right, well, thank you both. Really appreciate it. Ben, Tommy, thanks for coming in. Uh, Congratulations once again on the state championships. Really, really impressive. Glad that it finally happened for you guys. You're going to leave the trophy here, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) No, No, uh, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm a fan of the show. I listen whenever there's a St. Francis kid on. So Sweet. Appreciate well, it. you know, listen all the time. <laughs> all right. All right. Just have more St. Francis kids on. We'll, we'll win more state championships for you guys. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to our Traverse City St. Francis state champion gladiators, Bench Moody and Tommy Pitts. Really appreciate them coming into the Get Around studio, chatting with us for a bit. Uh, as per tradition here on the Get Around, uh, we are going to go ahead and induct all of the state champions from Traverse City St. Francis into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We are going to get into our, our regular Hall of Fame uh, coming up here after our interview with Ainsley Hewitt and Grace Maitland. So let's go ahead and get into those interviews right now. Traverse City Wests. Ainsley Hewitt. And Traverse City Centrals. Grace Maitland. Thank you very much, James. Always on the ball. Really appreciate it. You're excited. Excited. Nervous. Excited. Just pretend it was like I can. I can take these off if it's too intimidating. If the headphones are are too (laughs) intimidating. If if you're like, oh no, it's it's professional. Oh no, we're good. Headphones on there. Yeah. Okay. Definitely isn't intimidating. It's the headphones. All right. Well, we we edit edit the whole thing. So like, if you guys botch up a word, I think they'll be all right. They're mocking Brendan right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a problem. So this is great. Ainsley Hewitt and uh, Grace Maitland in here. Really appreciate it. You guys are coming off uh, state finals competition for for golf. How are you feeling after the weekend and and finishing up your your season? I can't tell you how relieved I am. It has been a in what long way season. Is it just relieved that it's over? Just relieved it's over. I think golf, for me personally, I'm golfing all year round. So states is just the time for me to take a deep breath and realize that it's done. All my hard work paid off and I can just take a breath. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's kind of just been like a long ways to get to states and I've gone for years. So like ending the season off being there was just like... You know, a good experience to have for like that last year, and you know, it is again like it's just like a relief 
to sort of have your season be over with and done, but knowing that I don't have another one is kind of a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Coach said you kind of got a little emotional after the round was done. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, she got emotional too, but, like, yeah, I, I was yeah. Well, you normally don't ever ask her to follow you around on the course, but she did a little bit at the end of the finals, yeah. right? Yeah, I always, she, like, she's not supposed to make me nervous, but whenever she comes around, you know, I always, like, miss hit a shot or have something that, like, It's probably because she's wearing headphones. Pro- probably. Yeah, like, probably she's oh, wearing headphones, so it's intimidating. Yeah, no, for real, like, <laughs> And then my last round, I was just—I asked her, I'm like, can you just come and watch me for my last few holes? Because, like, after this, it, my high school golf career is over, so I <laughs> kind of wanted her to be there, yeah. Is it still mm-hmm. emotional? Um, you know, I think about it, and, like, every time I see, like, one of the girls in the hallways who, like, you know, I'm friends with or who looks up to me, like, it does get kind of sad knowing that I won't, like, have another car ride with them or another tournament, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I know that everyone goes through the same thing, and it's kind of nice that I've completed it for four years, and I'm proud of myself. Best or funniest thing Lois has said over the course of four years? I can tell you the funniest thing that she said to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, let's hear it. I think it was me, or someone told this story. This was back when I was a a sports uh, reporter um, before I moved back to sports uh, just a a few weeks ago. She had called up, or I had called her, (laughs) and she, uh, she didn't answer, but she called back. And she said, sorry that I didn't pick up the phone. I was in the bath. <laughs> no, yeah, or she, yeah, she, that, she, was you, yeah. that was me. Yeah. That was me. I told you that story. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep. She'll either say that or, like, my bad, I was in the potty. Something. <laughs> That's always what she says. And it's always something like something like that, just something really out of pocket. You're just like, I don't really know how to respond, but okay. <laughs> okay. Because we've joked, like, we just want to play nine holes with her just to see what, like, funniest thing she says over the course of them. She could say a lot of funny she things. A lot. Of funny things. A lot. I mean, she doesn't even try to be funny, and then she'll just say something super out of pocket, or we're like, "We'll look at her and just be like, why did you say?" That? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Over the four years, I mean, I just anything she says now kind of just passes over my head as like normal. <laughs> but um, you're used to it. Yeah, I'm yeah. used to you're it. Like, okay. for sure. That makes sense. For it's sure. par for the course, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's really uh, funny. That's really bad, pun of, bad pun of the day. <laughs> So how do you think both of you guys did at States? You know, personally, I I set a couple goals for myself because going into States, you know, us being like one of the smallest Division two teams there, I really don't have high expectations for us to, you know, place first or second or even like top ten. So I set personal goals for myself and like for the team. And I think that um, my personal ones were to, you know, shoot in the 80s, which I haven't really done in States before. But luckily this time I did both days and then um, like get a birdie because who doesn't like the feeling of getting a birdie? So I set my (laughs) goal for myself to, you know, get at least one birdie each day. And I did that. So I felt like I accomplished a lot, even though I didn't get like, you know, top whatever 10 or our team didn't get top 10 or whatever but you know i'm just proud of like completing those personal goals for myself mm-hmm. yeah you guys weren't too far off though no 11 11 <laughs> yeah. yeah that's still better than the multiple teams that didn't even make it exactly. to states so yeah. that was mm-hmm. that was really nice i think for me personally i didn't play my best golf but you know with golf we all have our ups and downs that's just how golf is and i think for me i was more proud to make it knowing that I was one of the 18th individuals out of the whole state of Michigan. So that was, you know, felt really good for me. Um, some of my goals were just top 50. I kind of set them let low. Not that not that big of goals for me. <laughs> but I accomplished that, which was really happy. The second day was a little rough for me. Um, I just couldn't get my shots to fall where I wanted to. But overall, I think I was just proud of myself to – even with the weather, just to get done with two days. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people have, like, misconceptions that, like, the second day will be easier because you've already played a day. But it is, like, for me, I didn't score better on the second day. It's just, like, you're tired. By that time, you're tired. And, you know, the, the weather from the first day to the second day was, like, drastically different. It was with the night wind. and day. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. was a lot different. So, I mean, a lot of people think, like, oh, like, you've already played this course, like, once or twice before. Like, even you played it yesterday. Like, you think it would be easier, but it's just, it's not. And, yeah. Yeah. Have and you I, ever gone on, like, a marathon of golfing? Like, did do like 96 holes in four days no that sounds awful <laughs> really, really bad like we played 54 in the past like three days and that yeah. was the most golf I've ever done and I was like I got home and I just fell asleep right yep. yeah. I was like I was done with golf I didn't even want to look at my golf class no well falling asleep though is a thing for you oh right yeah that was quick she's like oh great yeah, yeah. I mean, like an airplane neck pillow oh, oh yeah to I golf tournaments every, every and ride. I've heard you're just out like, as soon as you get in the car, almost. Oh, yeah. Um, I usually fall asleep before we get out of the parking lot. It's kind of like a Coach Lowe. She's, you know, 70s, nearing that age where I'm, like, I get car sick kind of easily. And, like, I love talking to her. But, like, she talks and talks. So I kind of just have to, you know, plug in and just kind of pretend like I'm listening. But I just doze off right away. Uh, right away. And then I always wake up right when we're pulling into the parking lot of the golf course. So it's, like, perfect timing. Good timing. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, all rested, ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. Ainsley, I asked you this before the year, but what kind of impact have the D sisters made on the Traverse City community? You know, with the D sisters, we did get a lot of those first place wins, and I think this year we were lacking those wins. But overall, I think the sisters themselves just set good characteristics of just good leadership, working hard, just playing golf good, just showing us that it's possible to shoot good scores if you set your head down and you work hard. So I think even for me, like Ansi, I didn't have the opportunity to be with Annika, but I was behind Ansi. And just seeing how hard she worked just inspired me to work hard and do the number one spot the best I could and shoot the best that I could. So it was an honor to have them. Did she ever shoot a bad shot? Like, did she ever duff one or... That's a joke question because every single golfer has a cat <laughs> shot. Yeah. I mean, I played with Ansi for my uh, junior year when she was a senior, and even when she... She would have those bad shots, and she would always remind me, like, when I had mine, that no matter how good of a golfer you are, you always have those holes or mm-hmm. entire tournaments where you just feel off or a shot feels off or, you know, you're just mood in general and that it's okay to make mistakes because that is how you learn and that's how you improve and that's how she, like... She would tell me that, okay, I messed this up on the course. I know that that's what I have to focus on and practice with. And she just, both the D sisters I got to know um, over my time on the golf team, but they were both just really great players and really, really good people. So what is it about golf that you can be on one day and then the next day you can be completely off? Because there, I, I can go on streaks where I am. You know, my drives are great. My short game is good. I'm hitting my irons. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend... Every drive is a slice and a severe one, mm-hmm. and I'm losing 12 to 15 balls into the woods. And yeah. So I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm never playing this game again. I'm out. Like, what do you think it is that can you can have that drastic difference in playing? I think for me, it's all mental. I mean, if you know that your shots are bad, it's just going to go downhill from there. Because that's all you're going to think about. You're going to be panicking. You're going to be like, why are my shots bad? Why is this happening? And you can't do that on the golf course. That's going to mess up your game completely. And I think, too, golf is a game of kind of like inches. If you mess one little tiny thing up, if it's timing, if it's club face, that's going to impact your whole shot. 
Yeah, and I agree with that. Like, it, as much as people think, you know, you're using your arms, you're using your legs, you're walking the whole time, at the end of the day, it's all mental. Like, you are thinking about every single little thing you do throughout the entire day. And, like, you can look at these little girls who are, you know, golfing, and they're, they don't have much muscle, but their technique is on point, and they can hit the ball, like, hundreds of yards. But, you know, it's all about that mental game and how you mm-hmm. think about it. And that, like Ainsley said, can really, like, impact little things that make a big difference. That was really frustrating for me because I loved playing golf and my younger sister she just seemed natural at it yeah like she just every time her swing like it was just i don't know what it was the hips balance or whatever it was like she didn't even have to try and i'm like i have to think about every single shot and you were just like oh yeah here we go 200 220 (laughs) yeah sometimes just don't think about it you just got to get up see ball hit ball Go. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. I, I do. Really do. Yeah, I really do wish it were that simple. I do not take practice swings. Do you take practice swings before you hit? You know, it really depends on the shot. Okay. Like, if I'm looking at a hole and I am confident going into it, I do not want to take a practice swing because then I'm going to overthink, mm-hmm. and that part will mess me up. So if I'm like, you know, it's a dead straight, you know, par four, I don't want to take a practice swing on my drive and just think about, oh, what if I slice it? What if I, you know, fade it into the woods? Like, you just kind of just sometimes have to go for it. But, like, chip shots, oh, I take, mm-hmm. like, a lot of little practice swings because it's right there in front of you and it's more precise, I would say, yeah. So we were talking about this before the pod, but what's the best course in Northern Michigan? I'm a little bit biased. I live on Lock and Heath, so I got to go with Lock So and you Heath. played Lock and Heath. Yeah. yeah. Hands down, Kingsley Club. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, yeah. just what I'm saying. If we're going with bests, best shot of your career, I mean, there's one that you have to remember, right? Or maybe just best shot while golfing in general. Oh, jeez. You don't, have me, like no. a, you don't have, like, a one that you hold out for 125 or... I'm not that good. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, I mean, neither, no. neither am I, but, like, sometimes sometimes it happens. Sometimes, uh, you know, the blind squirrel I finds a nut. I could say, for me, it was at States. It was a par 3, hole 17. I got into the bunker, and my coach, 24 hours before leaving States, taught me how to hit a bunker shot. Surprisingly, I didn't know really how to throughout I my still don't know. golf years. Yeah, it took and me 12 times to get out of a bunker just a few weeks ago, so yeah, that was Ains- fun. Yeah, Ainsley know how a bunker <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but I got mine. I mean, it was wet sand, too, so I was a little bit nervous, but it could have gone wrong so many ways. There was a creek, another bunker. I got it within two feet of the pin and up and down for par. So nice. That was, yeah. See, yeah. mine is actually, I'm very bad with, like, memory, like, remembering courses. Like, I will have <laughs> played a course probably four times in my life and, like, in my golf career, and I'll come back and I will not have a single idea what a single hole looks like. Same here. Yeah, so, but, so what I do remember is my last hole at States, the very last one, um, it was actually, I got a bogey on it, but, you know, I tell Coach, I'm like, it was my best bogey ever because I hit into that thick heather on the side of the green, and it was probably two or three inches down into that heather. And I looked at Coach, and I was like, there's no way I'm taking a penalty shot. Like, that would just set me up probably 100 yards back from where I flew mm-hmm. in. And I just I just swung at it, and I ended up getting it up and down on that hole, and it was a it was a par four. Yeah, it was hole like ten. Oh, I think. yeah. And yeah. so I was in that thick heather stuff at the meadows, and that That's stuff different. is not easy to hit out of. But I mean, I kind of just looked at my coach, and I was like, "No, I'm just gonna go for it. Like it's my last hole. I just <laughs> I can't be taking a penalty stroke on my last hole." So I just swung at it, and I was actually proud of ending up with the bogey, even though that's not what everyone yeah. wants. Do you prefer to hit off of the 
an iron shot off the fairway or the first cut of the rough? Oh, fairway, hands down. Really? See, you know, that's a really good question. I'm the first cut of the rough guy. Really? Yep. See, like, rough can be, rough is like a very broad term. Because, like, grass can yeah. be very different. So, I like, mean, not like, I'm not talking deep rough or anything <laughs> like that, but that <laughs> yeah. first cut off the fairway, I would much rather hit an iron wow. off of that. See, if it is, I like, just, I can get more loft. Yeah, yeah, like, if it is a little bit, like, misty and dewy outside, I actually do prefer hitting off the fairway. But if it's like that dry stuff, I tend to be better on the that first cut of the rough, like you said, because you get that better like lie on the grass. Yep. But like if there's like a bunch of like water on it, for some reason I like the fairway because it's like easy to hear, hear that you know that sound. Mm-hmm. Like it's fairway just I just like fairway because then I can mark off on my little sheet saying oh, I yeah. hit in the fairway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had a shot, I think it was in Midland a couple of years ago, right? Where you had a putt that actually kind of went in the hole and then came out. Yes. Right? Like, yep. how does that happen? Honestly, you... There is a thing called a volcano. This sounds really weird. But it's like when a bunch of people walk around a hole, it can, like, uplift the hole so, like, your putts won't fall in. I don't know. My coach taught me that a long time ago. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> it's like some science to it, but I don't know if I just misread it or I don't even. Smacked it. Usually that happens if like. Yeah, I know, like toilet bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a pet peeve on the golf course? Oh, so oh, many. Yeah, so. Okay, <laughs> let's let's actually. go through. Let's let's unpack you this. Pace of play. Come yeah. on, ladies. Oh, yeah. People who take twenty practice swings and like just hit the ball. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna yeah. change yeah. anything. I play ready play golf. I'm oh like, yeah, let's oh, go. Yeah. that's what let's we're move. taught. Yeah, let's, I, we don't need to do on, like no honors. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. care who was. If you are there and ready yes. to shoot, shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would say that that is definitely. I was gonna say definitely pace of play. Like those people who take like I remember when I played like even six on varsity or something like that, and people would take like. Five to ten practice swings. I'm like, it's not going to change at this point. Right. Your your final swing. I'm like, it really can't be that good of a swing <laughs> if you're doing it that many times. And yep. then you think about like, if they shoot that, if they shoot like in the 120s and they're taking five practice swings every time, they're taking over like 500 shots like over the whole game. I'm like, there's no way that just gets on my nerves. Or like, what's another thing? Like when you're, I don't know. We're, oh, this is bad. Like when you have your marker on the ground and someone just like walks right in your line. Even if you like you're the kind of person who does not care about your line. But it's just right they, there. Just like it's right there and they don't even like care to ask you like, oh where's your marker or something. And they just their big footprint just goes right in the middle of where you're trying to like look between your ball mark and the hole that Especially if they're dragging their feet. Oh, yeah. I hate if when people are wearing spikes and they drag their feet no. I'm like pick like learn pick, pick your up, feet pick up. Feet up. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. If yeah. you don't repair your ball mark, I don't like that oh, either. Oh that's, that's, that's really like if there's bad. if there's a if you yeah. hit like a, a deep shot on the green and, and like don't pick up your divot. Oh my god, that happens right. so many times. We're like, it'll go flying, and I'm like, you're gonna, you're gonna get that right. I scalp. I mean, I really do. Like, I, I my divots sometimes can be. Yeah, that's you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. No, I, I know, but I, I always replace them. That's, that's good. good. See, yeah. that's we appreciate that. That's why you like yes. the first cut more than the fairway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fairway is just it's not that's my bad. game. That's right. Sometimes the fairway is overrated. Yeah. I don't like the sand. I hate it. Oh, I tell me it. about I it. <laughs> like, there's really no it. one that likes the sand. Especially when there are footprints and people don't rake it and your ball lands right in the right footprint. In the footprint. Oh, that like, baby's hard to get out of the sand. <laughs> I'm taking, like, probably four or five to get out of there at least. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. So if you're the one that's making those footprints and you're listening to this podcast, rake your bunkers. Rake your yeah, bunkers. pick up that exactly. rake. Pick yeah. up rake and rake your bunkers. Yeah, I was put actually... Your, put your divot back. Exactly. It, it only takes... 
a couple of seconds, yes. it's not that. It's just difference. courtesy. Yeah. Right? Courtesy. If you're going to take yeah. 16 swings, you've got time to put your divot back. <laughs> That's, yeah. And rake. And rake. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's next for both you guys in your golf careers? Are you going to try and enter the state opens? Are you going to try and golf in college? Oh, <laughs> you know, as much as golf has had an impact on my life, I don't think that I'm probably going to carry through with it into college because a part of, like, what I've learned from competing in high school is that, you know, like, as much as I love golf, like, having that competition, which I do like, it also takes the aspect of, like, me just, you know, going out and having fun with it and not having to worry about a shot. It does kind of, it will cause anxiety, and it does cause that stress that a lot of people don't want, and especially at the college level, I feel like that would just be elevated. And so for me, I think that I'm just going to continue to play it as, like, a hobby and, like, something fun that I can do with family and friends and not have to worry too much about, like, the overall competition. But every now and then I would like to play in a tournament. And you're probably better than your family and friends, so when you golf with them, you win. Yeah. Yeah, except my brother. He's good, too. Okay. Yeah, but everyone else, it does make me feel a little bit good about myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I still have a year left. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, but (laughs) I think I'm planning on wanting to move to the college level, especially if I want to do that. I know over the winter I'm going to have to work hard. I'm going to look at doing some more of the GAM tournaments, maybe some American Junior Golf Association, just to kind of get my name out there so colleges can look at me and see what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your best uh, travel stories from going to tournaments? Ooh. Oh, dear. And then to be on the course. Ooh. Could be weird stuff off the course. Carl was telling me you had a, a, a funny uh, hotel run-in two years ago. Oh, you want to hear about that one? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we were going to Alpena, and we're exhausted. I think every single athlete dreads to going to Alpena. It's just a long car ride. So we get to the hotel. I think it was like 9 o'clock. We're all ready to go to bed. We get into the bed, and we realize there's like hair and there's bugs <gasps> all over the bed. So, <laughs> I know. so me and my teammate. I just had a, I had a visceral. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I did not like that. Me and my teammate, Ava Kruger, were like, what is going on? So we run out of our room and we're like, girls, do not get into your bed. We all unflip the sheets and there is hair in every single bed. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> oh, God. So then Carl was like, we are getting out of this hotel. So we pack our things up, go in the van, and we stay somewhere else. I mean, we were all petrified. After that one, that's horrific. That is, that is it was horrendous. What was the name of this hotel? <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Somewhere in Alpena. So. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask Carl. I guess that's a very limited list of hotels in Alpena. Yeah, that's it. That is. It was some like I don't even I don't even know. I try to erase it from my memory. As as you should. Yes. <laughs> I would definitely. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty bad. You designed the shirts for the Lober I did. tournament this year, yes, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, um, she usually, she does every uh, year, you know, that tournament with the T-shirts. And she told me, like, a couple weeks in advance, and I was like, okay, I only have, like, two weeks. She's like, no, actually, I need the design tomorrow to send into the girl. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I just kind of just drew up something that night and put it in. And it, we've actually still been getting sales, like, months after, like, still now. I'm like... I never thought that it would be like that, but I remember when I went to the Lober, I just, I wanted something that people would want to wear again, not just like a t-shirt that people bought for that one time for the memory's sake. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that someone could wear after, so. What what does it have on it? It actually, it has a little, like, a stick figure girl golfer with, um, 
a motto that is very cheesy. It's good though. It's good. Um, it's like a daily dose of iron. Like an like an nice. iron swing, yeah, yeah. Uh, iron swing, yeah. That's I, almost as good as his par for the course pun earlier. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. True. I came up with like three or four or five. A couple of them were more like subtle, not as cheesy. But you know, Coach Lo, she really liked the one that stood out the most and wasn't really that. Funny. Yeah, I think all the girls liked it because <laughs> the second day of Lober, they were all wearing their daily dose of iron yeah. shirts. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you both for coming in, Grace thank Ainsley. You. This thank was you. great. Really appreciate it. Um, and, and good luck going forward, you with your hobby of golf and you in, in your senior thank year. You. So yes, thank you. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be pulling for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again to Ainsley and Grace for visiting with us here in the Get Around Studio. I know I say it every time a an athlete comes in here, but we we really appreciate it them taking the time out to, to come and talk to us. Let's move right into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We've got three nominations that we are going to put up this week. Uh, I'll start. David Milliken talked about him a little bit before when we were going through the Kingsley and St. Francis preview. This kid, running back, linebacker for Grayling. Uh, which is sitting at six and two and four and two in the NMFC Legends Division, two hundred and thirty-four yards on seven carries. So averaging thirty-two yards a carry, if I do math quickly, which is not my strong suit, but yeah, I think so. Four touchdowns as well. All of that in the first half uh, within the Vikings' fifty to twenty-seven win over Ogmaw Heights. He also had ten tackles. I saw this kid play. He is an absolute beast. He is so good. And had he not had two long touchdown runs called back by penalties uh, on, on his team that were away from the ball, Grayling beats Kingsley in that game. At least I think so. So I'm putting him up for the Hall of Fame. James? Uh, I'm going to put up East Jordan's uh, Xander Janacek. Uh, he scored the 10-yard touchdown run in double overtime Friday night to beat Harbor Springs 22-14, to uh, ran for 111 yards, a touchdown, caught two catches for 19 yards, had two tackles for loss, seven and a half tackles, and uh, and set up that that game for the division title with Frankfurt next week. Yeah, that's a good resume right there. Andrew? How about Grace Slocum? You know, she won, she won the BNC title well. I know the B, the Central BNC invite. Yeah, it was the TC Central Invitational, but it was also the Traverse the the BNC Finals or whatever. And yeah, and she wins it. Yeah, hits the heck out of the ball. Freshman, ninth and eighth in the state, ninth to eighth after a rainy day. Look, you if you can golf well in the rain, and like you know how to play greens when they're wet, that's pretty cool. Like it doesn't matter what your score is, but like okay, if you improve on your score when everyone else is not doing well, that says something about your poise as a golfer. So. She's my nominee. All right. Well, let's go backwards then. Andrew, we'll start with who is who are you voting for? Then we'll go to James, and then we'll go to myself. Got him Milliken for me. You know, we felt like we were waiting to put him in when he had the 297 game against Ross Common. So, it's too, you know, his season as a whole has just been incredible. Just James. been so much fun to watch. Yeah, I'll vote for Milliken too. Okay. So yeah. it's a clean sweep. He, he needs to be in. Okay. He's so good. He is like he was awesome. To watch, uh, it was it was a uh, a real pleasure. So he's a good podcast too. So we had him uh, first week of the season, or like one of those first couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, maybe a month, about a month ago now. Yeah, out of the right before they played St. Francis. Yeah, 
All right, well, congratulations, David Milliken. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, which is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh. Freaky fast. Jimmy John's. Freaky. Thanks, James. Okay, trifecta. This is, again, you know, just came off the top of my head last night while I was, was making dinner and had flashbacks to... When I was younger and living at home still, and it would be football Sunday, games would be on uh, in the background, and especially if the the Bears, which were at one point my team, and I paid attention to them not so much anymore, uh, although I probably will jump on the bandwagon if Justin Fields uh, is good. I think that'll that'll happen. I mean, I was quick to jump on the Chicago Sky bandwagon yesterday when they won the uh, the championship. Uh, jumping around like a maniac. I just, w- with the White Sox getting out, I really needed something to cheer for, and it was nice to have uh, a Chicago champion uh, to cheer for. But, sorry, I digress. <laughs> I had this flashback yesterday of uh, my mom cooking dinner while the up, while up here it would be the, the 415 or 425 uh, NFL game uh, back there in the central time zone in Chicago. It was the 315 or 325 and just her cooking dinner, and right near the end of the game, dinner would be on the table. And it was usually something like meatloaf with mashed potatoes and peas or chicken with mashed potatoes and corn or, or something like that, something very comforting, you know, something down home, smothered in gravy, and just really, really good. And, you know, all the windows and doors steaming up because my mom's boiling the potatoes and cooking, and so, it, you know... And going over to the doors when I was little and drawing whatever shapes or writing things on the uh, on the doors, that was just kind of what popped into my mind yesterday. And I would I would say that my mom's stuffed chicken with mashed potatoes, uh, white gravy, and then I would probably go with she makes these green beans and bacon, which is awesome. Uh, if I had to choose an NFL Sunday meal, that's what I'd go with. And rolls. Those, like, burn and serve rolls. Do you guys know those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where they're, like, already pre-cooked and you uh-huh. just put them in the oven and yeah. they're ready to go. Yeah. Those are I, – I would eat 20 of those. So good. They Jane, just – I did because uh, I picked up a thing of them at Aldi and – they have ones where you can just put them in the toaster and make with the sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's what my new sandwich bread has turned into. Well, you're from the Chicago land, land yeah. area, so you know you know those were always on sale at the Jewels, and uh, <laughs> that's I would just I would always look forward to Sundays or Thanksgiving or Christmas because I knew we were going to have the burn and serve rolls, and you know split them in half, throw a lot of butter on there, and. And enjoy yourself. All right, so let's, since we were talking, and let James, is, you looked like you is, were getting Is that like the something. equivalent of like King's Hawaiian rolls? Um, yeah, well. Except you don't really cook those. You just no, you eat, don't. Those, 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 those are already. You eat them as they come. Right. But. I, you would recognize them if we showed them to you. You'd be like, oh, yeah, those. Okay. I just don't. I hadn't heard that term before. They're, they're pre-formed and ready. I, you do have to, to bake them. They're not completely cooked, but they're pre-formed and ready to go. Yeah, kind of those, uh, very similar to those, but they're split. There's a there's a crease down the middle. Okay, yeah, and I know what you're talking about. And they're small, now. and you just split them in half, and they're good to go. Kind of like those two. Uh, 
similar to those. <laughs> he's just <laughs> Andrew's over here. He's just he's looked up roles on. You know what? Google I can. Images. I just googled Google image roles. Call my mom or dad right now. And have you guys not heard? Yeah, I guess you haven't heard this, the term burn and serve. You've heard the term burn and serve rolls. Yeah, where they're just pre cooked, but if you put them in the oven or microwave, they taste. Or not a microwave. You put them in the oven or toaster, they taste that much better. Yes. Yeah. Okay, James, your your football meal. I don't know. We're gonna get some uh, WD forty for Andrew's chair. Yeah, I know. This has been <laughs> like this like every time I'm on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which one of you wants to go next for your, your football? Andrew, I'm really interested in yours yeah. because you brought it up beforehand and you went with... <laughs> you, you you went with... You just had WD-40 laying around. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's graphite. We brought I bought this, like, specifically for the chairs in this place because they were squeaking so much. Okay. What do you want to hear from me? I want to hear what your football, uh, Sunday football meal is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you have... Crockpot meals, right? What's it? My my mom's crockpot meal was always like barbecue chicken, slow cooked, and then we put them on the burn serve roll. But you can go to Portillo's and get their like pre cooked beef, where it's like already done. You just have to like split it up and heat it up. We put that in the crockpot for like eight hours. And by the time it's done, it just tastes better than it would in the in the in the restaurant. Yeah, and I and I would normally say I'm like, oh, I'm bragging on how good the food in Chicago is, but you can get this stuff shipped for like a hundred bucks. They'll send it to your doorstep in Traverse City. But with, to be fair, the with food the food is so much better in Chicago than it is here. I'm not saying there's not good food here. There is. It's just in Chicago. I mean, there's like great places, you know, just holes in the wall to get burgers and hot dogs. I don't even know where do you get a hot dog in Traverse City. I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but where the hell am I supposed to get a hot dog? Where do I get a good hot dog in Traverse City? You can't. It used to be like a block away. And then okay, they moved so yeah, the, the Uptown Dog and, right, Uptown Dog was, I mean, that was fairly decent. I Frank's had it. in Frankfurt. That's not Next close. time you're in Frankfurt, like, they, they do have legitimate Chicago dogs there with, like, Red Hot Chicago. They do have Coney's at the Habibi. I haven't been to the uh, Habibi, so. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. James, your your meal. I thought going last that you guys were gonna that one of you guys would poach this, but I'm I'm gonna go straight up chicken wings. Okay, just I, chicken wings is like my go to watching football meal. Are you a blue cheese or a ranch guy, or neither? Do you uh, just like them straight up? If if they offer blue cheese or ranch, I go blue cheese, but I don't ever put it on the wings. I I just if they if they give you like the, the celery or, any, or whatever to go with it, I dip the celery in that. Um, I'm like, the wings don't need to be dipped in anything. They've already got stuff on them. I, I missed... I'm a wing purist. I, I missed um, B-dubs being catered at the, the Central game. I really missed it. I, I would have much rather liked to, to sit down uh, up there in the press box with, you know, honey barbecue wings, just cover those in ranch dressing. <laughs> and the same thing with the potato wedges and just be like, mm, I'm going to pay for this later. This is not going to be good. Uh, when it works its way through my body, but it's really, really good right now. Hopefully I can get my story done before it kicks in. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to miss Deadline, uh, and I'm going to be gone for a while, but uh, I, w- I will be back. Okay, that's going to wrap up episode 193. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to end it on that note. Uh, why not end 193 uh, on a poop joke? You guys seem to agree by your silence. I, I'm going to take your silence as, as agreement. Uh, 
Again, thank you to our guests, Ben Schmoody and Tommy Pitts, Grace Maitland and Ainsley Hewitt. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to James. I won't thank myself. I'll let you guys do that. And there's the silence. I was really expecting. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Episode 193 of the Get Around in the Books. Come back next week, episode 194.